0: Welcome to Way Too Seriously, the podcast where we watch kids' movies and then take them way too seriously. I'm Paul Moffat.
1: I'm Jan Moffat.
0: And this week we watched and will be talking about Ballerina. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this movie, Jan?
1: Ballerina, also called Leap, is a 2016 movie. It is co-directed by Eric Summer and Eric Warren, the two Eric's. (laughs) <laughs> um, it stars El, the voices of Elle Fanning, Dane DeHaan, Maddie Ziegler, and Carly Rae Jepsen of Call Me Maybe. It's distributed by Entertainment One. It's a joint production between France and Canada. Okay. And so it's a little different. Be- we watched the international slash Canadian version of this movie in English. Mm-hmm um but there is also an american version which as i said is called leap instead of ballerina and it has a few different voice actors so you may watch it a little bit differently than we did yeah why why don't you tell us what it's about
0: we're going to talk about it in the international version that we watched ballerina is the story of felice milliner i don't think she was called milliner in the international version The Wikipedia tells me she's called Milliner, but I don't think that was what they called her. I don't
1: remember her having a last name at all because she's an orphan.
0: Felice is an orphan girl who wants nothing more than to be a dancer. She escapes from the orphanage she's been living in with her friend Victor, an aspiring inventor. She finds the school in Paris, the Mm -hmm. Paris Opera School, manages to get herself a place in the class by lying about her identity Eventually, the, her lie comes out. Uh, by that time, she has worked hard enough, with the help of her mysterious benefactor, a former dancer herself, that Felice has earned a place in the class, despite not being the person she claims to be. In the end, she outdances everyone else, because she has passion and they don't, and she gets to be in the Nutcracker, the girl in the Nutcracker. Clara. Clara. And she achieves her dream. There are other twists and turns, but that's the basics of the plot. Mm -hmm. So, let's start out with, uh, as we usually do, with a bit of an objective conversation about our judgments of the quality of the craft that has gone into this movie. So, not taking a big, how good is the overall quality of the movie, but kind of particular craft elements. How good... That's my phone! <laughs> <laughs> I just dropped Jan's phone on the ground. It hit my foot before it hit the ground, so I'm pretty sure it's safe, though my foot may be broken. So, <clears throat> how good a job is everyone involved in making this movie doing? Let's start with high points. Okay. Okay. What do you think was particularly well done about this movie? If anything.
1: I think that the... Oh, man. (laughs) It was an okay movie. But again, I'm having trouble thinking of good things. Um, I thought that... The way in which the characters danced was very true to actual ballet. I think it's, it's totally. clear that the animators really watched actual ballet dancers. Because I was nervous when they first started dancing, I was nervous that like it was gonna be really unrealistic and that was gonna be dumb. But no, it was completely it was realistic dancing, which was good. The animation was fairly okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i mean if we're gonna talk let's start with animation and the high points of the animation i absolutely agree it is clear that they put a lot of effort and it paid off into the dancing parts of the animation
1: the backgrounds are beautiful as well it's set in paris and it's very set in paris in like i i couldn't play point the year i would say maybe the 20s
0: Probably if we knew more about history, we would know, because the Eiffel Tower was under construction, and so was the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. So, so I'm sure we could get an century. exact year for that, but that's the sure. turn of the century.
1: Yeah, turn of the century. Um, but yeah, so the backgrounds and the, the kind of scope of the beauty of Paris is really evident.
0: And when they go into, I totally agree, and when they go, when she first goes into the opera school... Like it's their beautiful building.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. The sense
0: of the building is really good.
1: Yeah, I feel like they really looked into like architecture and how people move when they dance are things they definitely played paid close, close attention to in this
0: and did very well. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Any other high points? The characters were good. There was a lot of. uh... I felt like <laughs> in what in what way were the characters, characters good? good? Oh man. No. <laughs> i'm so tired and i fell asleep during this movie so like okay what did you think was good i think if we say those are the
0: high points that doesn't mean that we think the whole rest of the thing is garbage uh it just means like that's what really stood out as particularly well done everything else we can talk in more depth in a different context i don't think there was anything else about the craft of this movie that stood out as particularly well done
1: yeah absolutely
0: was there anything about the craft of this movie that stood out to you as particularly poorly done? Any low points?
1: Several, I think. The, Go. I mean, for me, the mouths didn't quite match the yeah. talking. I don't know which it was recorded in French or English first, but it was either poorly dubbed or poorly animated. Yeah, I'm not sure which it was, but because it seems like based on what i read it seemed like it was made in english mm-hmm. made in english and french simultaneously either way the mouths didn't fully match with the speaking and that annoyed me Agreed. the entire time the plot yeah was very muddy there was a lot of just back and forth and and se- just several plots like there was her main dance plot was kind of like the the soul of the movie, but they kept just kind of trying to shove other plots in there too. Yeah, like a romance plot and a this a boy is an inventor plot and the, the they're gonna get taken back to the orphanage plot and like just keep shoving them in there, keep adding more things. Keep, and she's looking for a mother plot and.
0: Yeah, and they didn't gel thematically, and they certainly weren't all in line in terms of just straight structure of plotting a story. Yeah. I I mean, I'll put out here right now that her friend-slash-love interest Victor, nothing would have been lost if he was just completely cut out of the movie.
1: Yeah.
0: And we'll talk in the way too seriously about him, but in terms of just, like, the craft of storytelling... He didn't bring anything to the movie mm-hmm. um so what else
1: that, what else was lowlights lights for you? I think we praised the
0: animation the animation was uneven, right? like mm-hmm. we, you talked about the uneven the way that the mouths didn't match, but like they animated the dancing so well, but really nothing else particularly well. yeah, I like agree. there were other parts that were fine. There were some parts that were pretty bad. The character, like, the design, the character design was not good, really. Mm -hmm. The faces, it had that look of, like, uh, a not-really-very-expert animation team. You know, like...
1: Yeah. Something awfully Canadian about it. (laughs) Exactly. Just kidding. I don't think Canadian stuff is crap, but there is... Sometimes Canadian stuff can be crap, because... I mean... (laughs) There's that thing,
0: like we talked about, when we watched The Little Prince, we talked about how good The Little Prince's animation was, and we were a little bit like, this is a French movie, but it's kind of surprisingly great. Mm -hmm. And we don't mean to be condescending about that, but the most, the reason that foreign, uh, that foreign, we're Canadian, the reason that non-American studios are a little more surprising when they look polished is because most movies are made in Hollywood, and therefore Hollywood studios have more experience. Mm-hmm. And so, this, and there's
1: a huge sample size.
0: And this kind of had the look of a studio that didn't have as much experience mm-hmm. in animation. Yeah. I think, as a particular low point, it kept trying for slapstick humor with Victor, her friend, mm-hmm. and that just was always very weak. Yeah, I agree. It was always like, whoa, I stepped in a bucket. Waka waka. It was like, yeah, this, it was
1: especially that, that bucket scene. He steps in a bucket for like, it seems like he just literally puts his foot into a bucket for no reason. Yeah. Like he chooses to put his foot into it. He doesn't step into it accidentally. They he keep li-
0: trying like, to give him pratfalls and they're, yeah. un, you know, they're unmotivated. pratfalls. I
1: kept, I kept waiting for that to be like a plot point, like a Plot point in that scene that like he was deliberately like putting his foot in the bucket in order to get out of a conversation, but it wasn't. It was just like, oh, you supposed to accidentally have done that? I don't understand.
0: It's like if you've ever seen an uh, if you've ever seen like an amateur theater troupe and they try to do physical comedy, and some people, amateur or professional, are gifted at physical comedy, but if you've ever seen. And if you've seen enough amateur theater, you will have seen people who are, try to do physical comedy and aren't gifted at it. And they just, you know, are much too obviously like, whoa, I'm falling over. Mm-hmm. He was like that. He was like he was a bad physical comedian, but it was animated. it was animated. So there was no reason that that was necessary. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't funny and it wasn't good. Yeah. That was a definite low point. Yep. Any other things you want to draw attention to? I mean the music all by Carly Rae Jepsen was
1: Yeah, fine. I I wondered about the music because like there's it, on one aspect it's kind of like it's fun, it's Carly Rae Jepsen, she's one of the voice actors and it's her songs. On the other hand, it's a ballet movie without like proper ballet music and I know I don't know if that makes me totally snobby, but like you're doing the Nutcracker, have some Tchaikovsky, like
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't have minded some Carly Rae Jepsen, like, but I think there was too much. The The proportion of Nutcracker to Carly Rae Jepsen was too low. <laughs> there was a tiny bit of Nutcracker music, but most of the music that went behind the, like, dancing montages was a Carly Rae Jepsen song that was like, we maybe needed two of them and we got five.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how much did you personally enjoy this movie? Meh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I quite enjoyed the dancing scenes, except that I didn't love the music behind them. But I quite enjoyed the visual of the dancing scenes. hmm But I didn't really enjoy any of the part that connected the dancing scenes at all.
1: Mm-hmm. How about you? Um, I fell asleep during part <laughs> of this movie, but I felt like I didn't miss very much. Uh... I feel similar to you and that the dancing scenes were fun. The plot was a bit hard to follow. And maybe because I maybe, fell asleep.
0: Maybe because you were asleep.
1: I connected the dots. There was one part that I'm not really sure what happened in, but uh, like what, what happened with the, in, the Victor guy and his like invention. Did he, did he have a falling out with his inventor guy or something? That's the part I fell asleep during
0: I don't even know what you're talking about okay
1: never mind <laughs> um yeah basically I was like this was a movie our kids seemed to kind of enjoy it they wanted to dance afterwards, of course yeah and it was okay it was okay so let's get into the way Portion of our show. Why are you not? Dying? You always say your portion of our show. I was waiting for you to say it. No, I always said you it. You always put a
0: gap and then you say portion of our show. I was waiting for you to say it. <laughs>
1: Alright. That can have extra echoey power right there. Okay. Um Yeah, so So where do you want to start? I mean, we could we can quickly get
0: through uh
1: there are no people that are white. There are no people of
0: color in this movie. <laughs> no. Nope. And we Super have n- nothing to add to that that we haven't said about other movies. Just to throw our side eye at this movie, we see you with entirely white yeah. cast and characters. Mm-hmm. And we are not impressed.
1: Yep. Yeah. The romantic relationship? Yeah. Do you want to talk about that for a bit? Tell me your thoughts on that.
0: Well... It was bad. So, Felice is the main character. Her best friend, Victor, who she escapes from the orphanage with, is clearly in love with her from the beginning of the movie, and she is oblivious. And then, so there's an unrequited love plot from his perspective, which is a little weak uh, in terms of just structure of a story, because he's not the protagonist and so we have her being pined after by someone which is a weird position to put the audience in because they're trying to encourage us to be on his side but we're not seeing the world through his perspective
1: yeah i agree
0: so quite apart and then quite apart from the kind of structural problems caused by that like dude get a clue she doesn't care about you yep. like yeah they're, the movie is really forcing this uh, compulsory heterosexuality, forcing this romantic relationship because there's a male and a female, so they must procreate, uh, or, or at least smooch. Yep. Um, and the movie is right there with him and, being he, like,
1: and he keeps being like, my girlfriend, my girlfriend. And by the end, he still says, like, my girlfriend. Is she, does she ever acknowledge it?
0: No. No. At the very end, she... I think, gives him, like, a kiss on the cheek. Okay. And she, and, like, earlier in the movie, he, like, talks about her to someone else. It's like, that's my girlfriend. And they're like, oh, you're a lucky guy.
1: That's my girlfriend. You're a lucky guy.
0: She is not his girlfriend. No. And at the end of the movie, he has been, he has, like, been kind to her and rescued her from danger. And she gives him a peck in the cheek before going out to perform. And then he's like... Oh, that really is my girlfriend. She really is my girlfriend. And I want to be like, no. no still no. Still no. Like, not...
1: You to- need to explicitly ask her and she needs to explicitly say yes. Yeah. In order
0: for her to be your girlfriend. I mean, let's... Uh, Remember our flight of the Concords. A kiss is not a contract. <laughs> Though it's very nice. It's very nice. Like, she kisses him on the cheek. That does not mean you possess her. And, like, that's my girlfriend is language that is, especially in the context of this movie, very much about possess- possession. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't... He wants to tell someone that's my girlfriend, so that they will say, well, aren't you lucky to possess that t- girl who is, has talents that you can, in some way, have possession of and credit for?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and by the end of the movie, that's still where he is about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. He
0: has no, like... Character growth? Character growth. at the be- He spends a lot of the movie inappropriately trying to force a romantic relationship with someone who isn't interested, and the end of the movie kind of lets him have it he doesn't learn anything about it if he was the main character of the movie we would want him to have like grown and learned that you can't make someone your girlfriend just by because you grew up together but he's not the main character of the movie and the movie doesn't care about his emotional growth at all
1: they're just friends why can't they just be friends why does there need to be any romantic relationship at all they're they're children they're like you know twelve. Why does there need to be any of that? I just, it's stupid.
0: It's stupid. And for a lot of, I'm like, that's basically one of the many problems with it is there's the way too seriously element really mingled up with just the plot is muddy Mm -hmm. because for most of the movie, she is in that space that like, we're kids and we're friends and what are you talking about?
1: Yeah, exactly. And he
0: just is like, I secretly am in love with you, only it's not secret at all. And I'm kind of overbearing about it. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well... I feel like if I was her, I would feel kind of rejected in the sense that he doesn't want to be your friend. Yeah. He's not interested in being your friend. He just wants to get in your tights. Oh, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) It's true.
1: Um, And then
0: there's another, there's a love triangle. Right. Because one of the dancers... The...
1: That's what I missed, because when I fell asleep, she was, like, interested in Blonde Guy, and then I woke up and he wasn't in the rest of the movie.
0: So, she was interested in Blonde Guy, and they, um, Raphael? Rudolph. Rudolph. Rudolfo. I think it's just Rudolph. Rudolph. The
1: red-nosed reindeer?
0: the blonde-haired dancer, um, is the, like, handsome male dancer that all the girls swoon over in the movie. Mm -hmm. And again, it's weirdly this compulsory heterosexuality, all uh, men, all girls and boys must pair up that Mm -hmm. like, she is not interested in him. And then for no reason she is.
1: Yeah. And like, it's not
0: because there's, and and he's interested in her because I guess he read the script and sees that she's the protagonist of the movie.
1: Yeah. There's, exactly. there's
0: nothing except that, like, she's the main character. She needs to have a love interest. He's a male character, so he needs to be her love interest. And then they go off on a date, and he, she, like, Victor asks her on a date, and Rudolph asks her on a date at the same time, and she never answers Victor. So he sets it all up and waits for her, and then he she shows up with some guy at the same place. And the other guy is like... Oh, No! Beggars! Dart wants to pick a fight with Victor. And she's like, no, he's my friend. And then she leaves both of them. And that's the end of uh, Rudolph. Hmm. And it's unsatisfactory in every kind of way. Because they have this, like, we both want to possess her fight. That she sort of calls them out on. But only sort of, and the movie doesn't really call either of them out on it. Yeah, and then Victor like wins that fight, you know, and and it's all very poorly motivated. There's no reason for her, and there's no reason for her to have a love story at all, and it also. Again, in terms of it getting in the way of the plot that we care about, she. The whole movie is about her wanting to be a dancer, and she has this one shot. uh, Do not miss your chance to blow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime, yo. Um, She's got this one shot to be in this audition, and it's tomorrow, and her teacher, who she. Odette, who's played by Carly Ray Jepson, who she has respected and has sacrifice so much for her is like, well let's train because you've got your audition tomorrow and she's like, nah, I'm gonna go out on a date. Yeah. And it's weird and out of nowhere.
1: Yeah. It's just to like create conflict that it's a complete false conflict.
0: And then she goes out on a date with a guy she doesn't really like uh and then leaves him, like storms out, and then sleeps through the audition. Yeah. And doesn't get the part because of it. And it's just like It all makes no sense. And it's a mix of partly this movie's poorly plotted, but also they just feel this need to have a love plot. And it does nothing but harm the quality of the movie.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about uh, female relationships in this movie. Do. So... In terms of female characters, it's surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. Well, has a lot. It has the main girl, Felice. Felice. Felice Felici Navidad. Uh,
0: <laughs> I'm just going to cut that out, by the way.
1: <laughs> I'm making hilarious jokes and you're just going to cut them out? We have Felice Navidad. We've got Odette We've got uh, the blonde-haired sassy girl.
0: Her name is like
1: Camille Camilla Camille, I think. Yeah, Camille, Camille LaHo. Her mother. <laughs> we have. Did you say LaHo? <laughs> her name is LaO, as in high.
0: Like literally, she's like. Camille the Highborn, I suddenly said it, pronouncing it like I speak English, I was like, her name, if you're really English about it, is Camille the Ho. <laughs> That's mean. She's that a child. Mean, Come on. She's a child. Anyway, sorry. Anyway,
1: her mother, and we had like the famous ballerina dancer woman. So it's five female characters. Mm-hmm. Even though I can't remember all their names, they all do have names. Mm-hmm. And they all talk to each other and they all interact with each other, but the two little girls are very catty, very competing for the same thing, very, and it's, I just did not like. It was about female competition and about female competition where the one who has the most passion and learned in like two days is better than the one who's been learning her whole life. And that was, I mean, I'm kind of conflating two problems, but like it was just
0: a problem. So in terms of the relationship between women, let's start on that and not, and get to the, who deserves it more. The one who has been trying for a week or the one who's been trying her whole life. Yeah. I think the relationship between Felicity and Camille definitely falls into like very uh stereotypical in the worst way catty girls who fight each other because there can only be one
1: Exactly like well the first time she comes into her room where she's practicing ballet for no reason she's completely aggressive towards Felicity and throws her precious music box out the window and breaks it. Like, for really no reason other than meanness.
0: Yeah. Now, at, by the end of the movie, there's the big moment of truth is when the ballet teacher says, Why do you both... Why do you want to dance? And uh, Mean Girl says, Because my mom makes me. Yeah. And Felice says, because I love dancing and it's always been a part of me, blah, blah, blah.
1: Because it's always been a part of my life. It was there with my mom when I was a baby. And it's here now, thanks to Odette. It allows me to live, to be myself. She should dance.
0: And after that, uh, Camille... Has a change of heart and is like, Mm -hmm. you should have it because you care about it more. And she becomes her ally. That's very undeveloped at the end of the movie. Camille basically stops existing once she does that. Yeah. But there is a bit of a gesture towards uh, Camille realizing that they don't have to be competitors and realizing they can be... That's true. uh, Yeah. They can interact in a mode that is not competition in this way. Mm-hmm. And I also want to point out, like, there's other girls in the ballet class. They have names, but I don't... There's two other girls who have names and a bit of Nora characters. Nora is one of them. And Nora is, like, hilarious. Yes. And I just was like, write Victor out completely. hmm Flesh out Nora as the, like, supportive best friend who also wants it, but... Uh, isn't quite as good or whatever. Yeah. Like...
1: Yeah, there were a lot of girl characters who were in there. They just needed to have them more central because they were almost central.
0: If you made Nora a foil for Camille, Nora is also a girl who's ballet dancer her whole life and been trying her whole life, but instead of seeing Felice as, like, my mortal enemy who I must destroy, she sees her as a friend and is conflicted about it, but has but at the core, happy for her when she succeeds. Mm-hmm. And use her to contrast with Camille, who uh, doesn't really care about dancing, but only does it because her mother wants to and can't be happy for anyone. And then Victor doesn't need to exist. Yep. Like, you'd have a much more interesting movie and a much stronger central theme. And, like, Nora was great, and I'd love to see more of her because everything she said was hilarious. Yeah.
1: I think, yeah, it it's partly... Uh what we call a way too seriously problem but a lot of it is because the plot is so convoluted because they have just so many too many characters and what the but what they need to cut is the male characters
0: yeah and none of the male great. characters needed to exist except the the ballet teacher
1: yeah exactly you could have had only him and it would have been much better
0: yeah both in serious terms and just in like how to structure a movie terms yeah so like, and then okay, talking about female relationships, Felicity is looking for a surrogate mother mm-hmm. throughout.
1: So- I expected that one of the women were, were going to secretly have been her mother, hmm. and then that nothing that came, nothing came of that, and I was really surprised.
0: Were were you happy surprised or disappointed? Um,
1: happy surprised, but also it was once again the plot was muddy, so it was confusing. And, like, by the end, was she kind of adopted by Odette? That was unclear.
0: Yeah. In another example of underdeveloped characters and underdeveloped plot threads, like Odette, who Felice meets when she gets to Paris, Odette, the the caretaker of this house... Who eventually we learn was once the greatest dancer of her generation, and then there was a fire, and she has taught walks with a limp now, mm-hmm. and she ends up teaching Felice how to dance. But like that, Odette's story does not resolve. No. In terms of theme, like it would be it would be nice if there was some kind of like gesture towards Odette has grown and learned something, mm-hmm. or coped with something or gotten over some trauma like that would have been really satisfying but we don't get that at all no not at all so there's that Mm -hmm. and uh colette's like talk about other female characters colette's mother camille camille's mother i mean Mm -hmm. straight up tries to murder yeah felice yeah she tries to throw her off the statue of liberty yeah and like explicitly tries to murder her
1: yep That's that sure no
0: never gets, like, first of all, uh, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> but also, like... She's extreme pageant mom. She's extreme pageant mom who tries to kill someone. I yeah. feel
1: like she's, she She has no motivation to be what she is, aside from her. she wants her daughter to succeed. She's living vicariously through her daughter. But that's about it.
0: It would be a much stronger story again if, like, she sabotaged uh felice so she couldn't get the part that would be enough to be like shockingly horrible for a grown-up to do to a child you don't have to have her throw her off a building
1: yeah (laughs) 100 percent
0: um that was another like that was bonkers
1: yeah it was Uh, all bonkers
0: and like her, there was some gesture at like class with she's rich and she's talk. She yeah. looks down her nose at everyone who's not rich. That was very un, underdeveloped, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Any other too seriouslys that you want to talk about?
0: I mean, we could talk a little bit about. Uh, oh yeah, we were. You mentioned another one. I was going to say we could talk a little bit about orphans, but I don't know really what the movie. The movie's very say, thoughtless yeah, about orphans. Very thoughtless. And we could talk about why that's problematic, but the movie's so thoughtless, I don't know that we could actually find much useful to say about it. But you talked a little while ago. You said there were two things. There was the female relationships, and then you also talked about uh, how Felice has a lot of passion but no training, and she comes in and joins the ballet school and becomes the best dancer in a week. I mean, it maybe is more than a week, but it seems like a week of auditions. She becomes better than all of them. And she's contrasted with Colette, who's been with Camille, I mean, C, French C name. She's contrasted with Camille, who has been rehearsing and practicing and working her whole life, uh, but doesn't have sufficient fat doesn't have sufficient passion and so doesn't deserve the spot. Like, what's There's a way too seriously there about like who deserves their place.
1: It's complicated because it's about, it's a little bit about privilege or it's a mm-hmm. lot about privilege. And the rich girl has lots of privilege to learn to be a great ballet dancer. And so the little orphan child should get a chance to learn and, uh, get an opportunity. But it... I'm more just irritated by the unrealisticness of, like... Yeah. She's... She knows nothing about ballet, but she wants to be a ballerina. She doesn't even know the positions. And then she goes... It, like, it feels like it's literally a week Mm -hmm. that she goes from zero to the most perfect ballet dancer. Or not the most perfect, but close to.
0: With the best in the class.
1: That makes... Like, that just irritates me. Because they could have had her in the orphanage, like, reading books on ballet, listening to ballet music and dancing as well as she could. And then when she got there, she perfected it because she was, you know, undeveloped and not as good as someone who had proper training.
0: Here's what I think. I didn't know what to make of it when when you first mentioned it. I knew there was something there. But I think I'm getting to have a thought, which is, you're totally right, it's partly about privilege and that's why it's complicated, but let's forget privilege just for a moment, uh, which is a big deal to forget, but just for a moment. The problem with this kind of story is Felice just wants it so much that she is talented at it, mm-hmm. and you don't have to actually put in any effort to succeed if you want it enough. yeah. That's a really crappy message, actually, to be sending. Yeah, it's a
1: really toxic message to send to anyone, especially children, who like, well, if I want it bad enough, I'll get it. I want it. Give it to me.
0: I want it. Give it to me. And then the the things that go along with that are, if I'm not immediately good at something, it must not be for me. It's not my one true talent. Mm -hmm. I don't have to work at anything to... Accomplish it or be good at it. And, like, Felicity does work at it, but the work that she does is very short-term. She gets immediate and dramatic success, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, over a montage. So, like, there's a real um, capital-R romantic ideal of your true talent and your true self. It's this message we get all the time in movies about be true to your true self and your true dream. And what goes along with that often, and certainly does in this movie, is your true dream and your true passion comes along with true talent. And our daughter went away from this movie, danced around the the kitchen for a while, went into her room, danced for a while, the door was closed, I didn't see it, and then when I came in, she was... Uh, lying on the bed with her head on the pillow saying, I'll never be good. I'll never be good. Mm Mm-hmm. Because what she just saw was, if you really love it, you're just good immediately. And when she couldn't perfect it in five minutes of dancing in her bedroom, she felt like what she had learned from this movie was, there is no hope for her she will never be good. Yeah. Like, that's a really crappy thing to do to a kid or a person. Mm Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, she's uh, seven, and her th- her interests are quite flighty. And I'm not worried that she her dream of being a ballet dancer has been crushed. But like,
1: no, but she definitely feels like yeah. I, I see a lot of this in children and in adults, and whoever if, is if I'm not good at it right away, I'm just not good at it. Yeah, and I think about how you. For so long thought you were like a terrible drawer, a terrible drawer, and then suddenly just started practicing every day. And suddenly you can draw so well now. And it's like, hey, practicing, hey, doing something every day makes you good at it. And it's also the
0: the other corollary of that is when you see again and again the narrative of the kid who, um, the person who has real passion, is instantly good at something, and the person who doesn't morally deserve it doesn't get the spot and isn't good at it because they don't have have that certain something, that's a narrative you tell yourself to say that the people who have it deserve it. Mm -hmm. It's the same narrative you tell yourself, it's the same narrative we tell ourselves as a society to say that rich people have worked hard and therefore earn their wealth. And so you see, you know, it's a way of saying it's not just about working hard, uh It's about morally, and the core of their person. They deserve to be this artist. I am not this artist. And everyone who is, that's like in the core of their identity and they earn it in a way that, and Mm -hmm. deserve it in the way that none of the rest of us do. And the proof of it is that they have achieved something. And if they have, that's proof that they are the Felici.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and that's garbage. You know what makes someone good? They work at it. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And sometimes you don't and succeed. Sometimes you you don't, don't succeed because not everyone gets to be Clara in the Nutcracker. There are some kids who are, there are some people who are always going to be the background, and that doesn't mean they're not just as talented. It just is the way life works. If
0: we had had this movie and Nora had been a real character, like we would have been able to see someone who wasn't a villain still worked hard and loved dancing, but didn't get to be the main dancer, and it would be, yeah. you know. Kind of okay if our protagonist was because that's why someone's the protagonist because they're the one who's going to be win or win or lose in the end. You tell the story about the one whose story is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. But we could have had a character who like gave us a little bit of perspective on not everyone is a genius.
1: Yeah,
0: our daughter also. By the way, we read Matilda.
1: Oh, and she's sad. She's sad that
0: she's not as smart as Matilda. So in the same night, she's like, "I can't dance as well as Felicity, and I'm not don't know my uh, multiplication table the way that Matilda does." I'm like, kid. get used to it now yeah you're never gonna be effortlessly good at anything
1: you're never gonna be a fictional character
0: (laughs) is what i used to say to our older daughter like in the whole history of the world i don't know why these are the people i think of but in the whole history of the world there have only been two people who have just been great at something without even trying and that's mozart and michael jackson (laughs) you him probably. when he was like six and the jackson five he was so good there's no way he put in the time to get that good he just was <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm sure that it must be others but yeah you're right there are very few people who are that good so young and frankly the people who are good that young end up having screwed up adulthoods because of it yeah so there's that
0: that we've gotten a little bit off topic
1: we have a little bit so let's maybe wrap this up is it good is it seriously good is it good? Nope. No. <laughs> nah. It's not, like, terrible, but nah, not so good.
0: It's, it's I think, below medium in terms of goodness. Yep. You can see, like, if you did an archaeological dig, you could find a good movie here. Mm-hmm. But it isn't what we get on the screen. Yep. Is it seriously good?
1: Nah, I guess it's okay. I mean, we brought up some things, but... In general, I actually don't think it's too bad for seriousness.
0: It's seriously medium, right? And maybe on the good side of medium, because Mm -hmm. although the romance plot is awful, there are a lot of female characters with a lot of different relationships with each other.
1: There's not a lot of problematic elements. There's not a lot of
0: problematic elements, except for the complete erasure of people of color and the completely compulsory heterosexuality and the heteronormativity and uh <laughs> so maybe it is but i think it's still mm-hmm. seriously medium
1: yeah all right so if you would like to talk about this movie if you happen to have seen it that would be cool if you haven't seen it maybe you could listen to this episode anyway even though we, i'm saying this at the very end <laughs> <laughs> so that makes no sense uh talk to us on twitter at wts cast we're also on reddit uh the good stuff fm reddit which is our uh, parent company or whatever. Uh, we are on like Instagram, I think now and Facebook and just like your grandma. <laughs> you can
0: email us at way too cast at gmail.com. And we're most active on Twitter at WTScast. I said that already. I know, but I like the way we're most active. Part. Yeah. That's where we mostly are. Yeah, it's true. Um, if you like this show, we are one hundred percent supported by patrons On Patreon, that's the only support of any kind that we get. Yeah. So, uh, we're do it. We like. We'll probably keep doing it without support because we're doing it because we like it. But it would make our lives a lot simpler and easier, and it would really warm our hearts and wallets if you would uh, support us on Patreon. If you like what we do. You can do that at patreon.com slash clockworkscast.
1: All the links to these things will be in the show notes.
0: All right. So I've Uh, been Paul Moffat.
1: I've been Jan Moffat.
0: And we still...
1: Keep dancing. Don't
0: have an outro to this show.
1: The outro is about the movie. So So it's like, you know, dance your way to freedom or something. Dance the night away. Dance the night away. Worries for another day.
0: Dance the night away. Fraggle Rock was filmed in Canada
1: just like this movie cha-cha-cha